Welcome to the Entrepreneur's Visiting Victor podcast with Victor Dadaj, where you'll hear stories and strategies to help increase your sales and grow your business. Here's your host, Victor Dadaj. All right, welcome to Entrepreneurs Visiting Victor. I'm your host, Victor Dadaj. I hope you are having an amazing day so far. Today, we have an awesome guest. Um, this guy is a brand strategist. He also helps entrepreneurs, leaders, and professionals leverage the brand building power of the podcast, man, which will help them establish authority, increase visibility, and accelerate growth and results. Let's welcome Jason Sircone. How are you doing today, Jason? I'm doing fantastic, Victor. Thanks for having me. It's great to have you on. And I'd like to get started by asking you to, uh, you know, share your story. How did you first become an entrepreneur? The bug originally bit me when I was 13 years old. I started flipping sports cards to my friends and at local card shows at the malls, just figuring out. And it wasn't even really something I had planned. I actually just had made a relationship with one of the or built a relationship with one of the guys that owned one of the card shops in my neighborhood. And we got to talking about it. And he asked if I would like to have a table at one of the shows. And I said, sure, that sounds awesome. Tell me what it entails. And he did and ended up connecting me with a partner of his and I was off to the races. And that's really where it all started. And I've tried many different entrepreneurial endeavors over the years and ultimately landing where I am now working in the podcast space, helping leaders and professionals be better podcast guests and better podcast hosts and having a full understanding of what it takes to truly excel on this medium, because I think a lot of people come into this with some preconceived notions that aren't necessarily in line with what we're doing here in the podcast space. So I try to steer people down the right path and have a full understanding of what they can get when they approach this medium from the right perspective. All right, well, that's some good stuff. Okay, so basically the book hit you when you were 13. So this has been going on for a whole bunch of years. And like a lot of entrepreneurs, you tried a whole bunch of different things before you found your current niche. So that's something to keep in mind. If you want to become an entrepreneur, maybe the first thing you try may not be the thing that sticks to you. You may need to try four or five, sometimes 10 different things before you find the entrepreneur thing that really fits in with you. And you mentioned that in this meeting that you, medium that you do, which is podcasting, people have a lot of preconceived notions. And um, I think they have a lot of preconceived notions about all kinds of things happening in the entrepreneurial world. So I think one of the things is when you get involved in this medium, when it's entrepreneurial stuff or podcasting, you have to uh, get rid of your preconceived notions. You got to go in with an open mind because a lot of times you'll find out things are totally different than what you thought. And uh, how long have you been doing what you're currently doing with, with, with the podcasting and helping people build their brands? I started podcasting myself back in 2015. So I've had a connection to this medium for over seven years now. And it was at the, it was at, well, I should to, to backdate just a tad. I had helped a friend of mine launch his podcast and working with him. It made me realize I could be doing this for more people. And at that time I was working in the craft beer space. I was working with a lot of different local breweries here in Pittsburgh, PA, where I'm located helping them get their products placed and helping with some brand strategy in that perspective. And I had my own podcast. And in addition to helping my friend, I was really gravitating to that medium more and more. I was loving the podcast space, 
really starting to excel and find my own voice. And coming into 2020, I was looking at everything from the perspective of, well, I'm 40 years old now. Am I really going to be working in the beer space in 20 some years? It didn't seem all that likely. And I started to think about what can I do to pivot? And podcasting seemed like the logical step. And then when the pandemic hit in March, I was the universe was forcing my hand to some degree because I had to make a decision because all the bars were closed and the breweries weren't doing as much in regards to production. And I did find a way to continue working with them for what I didn't really call it an interim basis, but I really started to transition my mindset towards the podcast space and reaching out to others who were looking to start to excel in this medium. And it, it took off from there. And so I would say for the past two years, I've been fully entrenched in not just building my own podcast, but helping others do the same and, and getting the skill set that they need to go on other podcasts that are looking for high quality, knowledgeable guests and truly making an impact that delivers results for their brand. And that's some really good stuff there. So basically you first got, got started about seven years ago, but it's really the last couple of years as you work in the beer space uh, industry. And you know, basically when the pandemic hit, uh, a lot of places were closing down, at least for a while. So um, I think it really just uh, lit up even more of a fire. And then you've been going off the past two years doing the podcast and helping people build their brand. So you just never know. Sometimes circumstances change and uh, it kind of helps you decide where you need to go in your life. You just never know. And I think that's another reason to keep an open mind because you just never know what life will take you. And because of that, you've been doing a lot of great things now, helping a lot of people build their brands as a result. Now, um, next question I want to ask you is, um, why would you recommend to the entrepreneurs and the professionals out there who are listening to this interview and, and, and all kinds of niches, why, why they should utilize the podcast platform for their branding? Well, the answer that I'm going to give may not be the one that you're thinking of because without question, podcasting is a tremendous content strategy. It allows you to produce quality bits of content that can be repurposed for multiple uses across the World Wide Web. But for me, the number one strongest advantage to, to utilizing the podcast platform in the proper fashion is the networking perspective and the opportunity to connect with like-minded professionals in a number of different spaces. You can open up a world of opportunities for yourself if you approach your guest opportunities and your host opportunities as well from the right mindset. Many people come at this thinking that it's a transaction. I'm just going to show up. I'm going to talk about what I do, and then they'll do all the work and produce it and publish it and market it, and then I'm done, and I'll just move on to the next one. You can do that, but when you do, you're really costing yourself some great opportunities to get to know somebody on a different level. They may have multiple people that they can connect you to that are in need of your service you can monetize your interview before it goes live when you do this properly. And the ability to establish new relationships that lead to, as I said, opportunities that you may have never even imagined, it's hard to duplicate. And whenever you make a guest appearance on a new podcast, you have an opportunity to connect with a new audience and talk about what you're passionate about, how you can help them solve problems, but you also get to connect with a new host and have a great conversation 
that not only leads to the creation of a great piece of content that's going to live on the internet for as long as the podcaster keeps it live, but also striking up a good conversation to find out maybe you know somebody that could use my services. Maybe I know someone that would be a great guest for you, or you tell me about what you do when we're off the mic, and I may know someone that's in need of what you do. So if you come at this coming into it thinking that this is a great networking opportunity, you really put yourself in a position to excel. And a lot of people need to start, a lot of people do think of it more as a transaction. And as soon as you can get over that mindset and start treating it as a great networking opportunity, you're really going to start to see some powerful results from this platform. I know that is some really good stuff there because I, I, I agree with you because I think a lot of people just think of it solely as from a transactional viewpoint. And they just said, okay, let, let me just share myself with me and hopefully some people reach out to me. Maybe I'll get a client, you know, someone who will who want my services. But a lot of times people don't think about the fact, you know, uh, build the relation with the podcast, podcast host, because you never know where that person might know someone. And if you, you know, he may have a big network. So he can help you in so many different ways. You have no idea. And so I agree, focus on building that relationship with the, with the, podcast host as well because you just never know what kind of doors it can open for you so yeah and, and in fact with everything i would just say always be looking to expand your network you you can never have enough friends and you can never have enough connections and if you're you know reach out to as many people as possible because you just never know who they know a lot of people just say well they only want to talk to the very successful people because they figure no one else can help but you never know Every person they say has, a, has an average of 250 people in their network. So you have no idea who that person might be able to turn you on to. So I agree. That's a very powerful point. You just don't know who the podcast host can connect you to. So try to be focused on, on that as well. Building that network is very powerful. So for those of you looking to get into podcast, that's a gold nugget there that Jason just shared with. That is some really awesome stuff. So uh, when people are reaching out to you, Jason, and to help expand their brand. So you shared some good stuff there. What are some of the other things you talk to them about, about, uh, excuse me, about expanding and building their brand when they come to you? It really comes down to what uh, your mission, your message, and your objectives truly are. And a lot of times what I'll do when I'm talking to people is talk them out of starting their own podcast. And I think a lot of the preconceived notions that we talked about before, one of them is that you have to have your own podcast to truly excel in this space. And that's not the case because you can make an impact as a value-driven podcast, a value-driven podcast guest, if you make appearances on the right shows. And by the right shows, I mean the ones that align with your brand objectives. Because if you're going on podcasts that just don't match up with what, with what you're doing in your space, your message is going to fall on deaf ears. And that audience is not going to feel inclined to take any action on what you're offering. So it's important to find shows where your expertise is going to be truly appreciated. So when people hear what you have to say, they can respond by following your call to action and entering into your ecosystem to get more value. I always liken this guest appearance strategy to the trailer of a movie. When you go to the movies, you're presented with a series of trailers and previews for movies before the actual show starts. And when you see that, it's a snippet of the high action points that hopefully are going to entice you to come back to the theater to see the full length feature. 
when you're going on a podcast interview, you're not revealing everything that you do. You only have a certain amount of time within that conversation to talk about some of the great things that you do, to tell some good stories, to show why you're the authority in this space. After that, you give a call to action. People will come into your world through your website to learn about everything. So that's the step of them going from the trailer was good. I love this interview. Now I'm going to check out their website and see the full length feature. And then I'm going to get to know more about what they can do to truly help me. Some people may respond to you that day and want to get help from you with whatever you're offering. Sometimes it takes a lot longer than that. And relationships sometimes take many years to unfold. But as long as they're in your ecosystem and you're presenting value to them each and every day, much like you would do any other lead that comes into your world, then you have that opportunity to potentially get them to become a customer and then a brand advocate for you. So you have to think of it from that perspective. If you're going to be a guest, this is a great way to get the ball rolling because when you're a guest, you start to find your voice. You start to learn how to tell your brand story. And you don't have a lot of that legwork that comes from producing a podcast. Because, Victor, you know you're a podcaster. It isn't just sitting down for the interview. There's a lot of work behind the scenes that goes into producing each episode. When you're the guest, you lend your expertise. Of course, you need to be a part of it. I recommend A lot of guests don't do this. They don't share the content once it goes live. I think that you should because it's just another great piece of content that someone else took the lead on developing for you that showcases that you're an authority. So you should share that with your audience. But once that's out there, you can start to utilize it in a number of different ways. You get comfortable with your voice. And if you want to start your own podcast, you can, and you've got a little bit of a foundation built underneath. So for me, from the brand side, I think it makes a lot of sense to start with being a guest and then grow from there to determine what's going to work best for your brand strategy going forward. Yeah, no, there was some really good stuff there. Be a guest first and find programs that are in line with what you're trying to share with people. So if, if you're an entrepreneur, you don't go on a sports program talking about sports. It's not going to align with what you're doing. And I like the fact you're saying, think of a trailer and a preview of the movie. And again, you're not going to reveal everything, but you're going to share enough. Again, in a half hour, one hour podcast, you can't share everything about what you do. But you can give enough and show that you're an authority on the subject and then give a call to action. Very important. A lot of people don't do that. You have to give a call to action. A lot of times people are not going to do anything unless you give them a directive to do so. So give a call to action and they're much more likely to take action on it. And, and a good reminder, you mentioned, it could take a while. They may not reach out to you that day, but if you're giving value and constantly you know, sharing with people a week later, a month later, six months later, a year later, you just never know. That's why you always have to be giving value. And, and, and you mentioned share the episode. I never understood why. If someone sends you an episode of, uh, of their program, which you were on, why you, want, you would not want to share because it's going to expand your credibility. They're going to see you as an expert. If, you, if you're on a lot of shows, if you're on 10 or 20 of them, and people see, wow, this guy has been on 20 different shows. And it's not just whether it's on LinkedIn, you post on LinkedIn, Facebook, or you send it to your email list. But if people look you up on Google, they're going to see that as well. Someone who's never looked you up before, and they say, wow, this person interviewed like 25, 30 times. This person must be an expert. You, you have no idea... 
you know, how much it adds to your credibility. So share it with as many people as possible. Whenever I get interviewed on a show, believe me, I post it all over social media. I share it with my with my email list. Everyone knows I've been on it because I want people to know. And you, you, the more our biggest enemy is very often the fact that people don't know who we are. I mean, if if you have a, a the most incredible restaurant in the world but no one knows about it. You really don't have a business. People have to know about what you have to offer. So get the word. I, so I thought it was a very powerful point that you shared. So another question I wanted to ask, and this is, a, uh, is you know, after you've been offering a, a number of times on a number of different episodes, how is it that the speaking skills that you develop and utilize in the past, because how does that translate into other parts of your life? Well, you're learning to speak with confidence. And the more comfortable you come or the more comfortable you become with telling your brand story and connecting with audiences and being conversational, the more poised you are whenever you make a guest appearance. And the speaking skills that you're using on the microphone on a podcast can translate to public speaking opportunities. They can translate to how you communicate with your colleagues how they communicate, how you communicate with your team members or your clients, because you're picking up these valuable speaking skills and you learn how to articulate your message in a powerful, confident fashion through the podcast, through the podcast microphone that will then translate to how you speak to people in your real life scenarios as well. And that can expand beyond your professional world too. how you talk with your loved ones, how you communicate with your kids. You are going to sound more articulate. You're going to sound more confident. You're going to sound more poised. And that comes from the practice reps that you get being a podcast guest. So I'm not saying that you can't show up on a podcast and take all of these skills and immediately bring them over to other aspects of your world. But the more often that you do make guest appearances, the more comfortable you become. And you find this voice inside of you that, you may not have known existed because you just never truly tapped into it before and used it in this capacity. Now that you have this skill set developed, it's much easier to pull from that skill set as you put together a presentation for a trade group, or you're doing a board meeting, or you're just having a casual weekly sales meeting with your crew how you articulate your message and how you get your point across is all stemming from the confidence that you build as a podcast guest. So when you're able to marry those two entities together, not only do you have a skill set that serves you on platforms such as this, but also in other endeavors that you're a part of. Yeah, and I agree. Confidence is a huge factor, and you will develop a lot of confidence the more times you appear or guest on various different shows. And the more you do it, the more you practice, the better you'll get at it. And, it's a, and confidence is very attractive to people all around, and it's attractive to a lot of prospective clients. So I think that was a very powerful point you just shared. Uh, one thing you talk about is that most uh, podcast guest pitches, presentation, outreach strategies stink. Why do you say that is the case? Victor, as a podcaster, you can probably attest to this. When people reach out to be a guest on a podcast, some people do it very well. 
and they're, they're, it's thorough. They're, they're making sure that they're putting value first. And when you put value first, that's what will stand out to the podcaster because you know, Victor, you're looking for someone that's going to come on your show and provide powerful insight and a, a wealth of knowledge for your audience to gobble up. But so many people do no research to find out if they're a good fit and if their message is going to resonate because they're too busy just finding any podcast in a 10 mile radius that they can throw a message at and saying, Hey, I'm really cool. Put me on your show. And maybe they get one or two responses out of the hundreds of inquiries they make in that fashion. But when they do that, they didn't look to see what that show was a part of. So they're just going to end up on a show that could be 100% irrelevant to anything that they do because they think it's more of a quantity thing versus a quality thing. And the podcast appearances that you make should be about quality. Because when your message aligns with the content of that show, the likelihood of you making an impact with your guest appearance is much higher when everything is aligned. So, so many people spend their time trying to find any podcast they can and sending out a quick message to the point where they won't even research to see if that show accepts guests. Podcast I did in the past was a solo format where I'd take about five to 10 minutes a day to share some brief points about podcasting. I wasn't doing guests and I had worked in a guest here and there, but I had a gentleman reach out to me who wanted to come on my show to talk about how fireworks scare dogs. And this is around the 4th of July. And I'm thinking, well, you know, as a dog lover, I know this and I hate it and it sucks for the dogs, but my audience doesn't come to my podcast for that type of content. So this is going to fall on deaf ears. You should be looking for podcasts that are all about dog lovers and pet care and you'll make a much bigger splash with that audience than you ever would with mine. But so many people go that route where they're just reaching out to any show that they can find. And in another capacity or another direction that people take, they think that because they have this list of accolades and accomplishments, that that's why they're qualified to be a guest on a show. I'm a seven figure earner. I'm a three X award winner. I've done this, this, and this. And when I see a list like that come through, of course, I'm not belittling anybody's accomplishments. It's something you should be very proud of, but you need to tell me why you're going to make an impact when you come on my show. What do you want to talk about? Why do you feel the content that I produce is something that you and I can connect on and collaborate for a great episode that my audience is going to want to hear and, and, and come back for more because as a podcaster, we want to grow. We want our shows to connect with people and the content's going to drive that. So I need to know if you're wanting to be a part of my show, what are you bringing to the table? What great story can you tell that talks about how you built your brand and what tactical strategies can you, can you provide that my audience can hear and then apply to their own world? And so many people do not take the time to listen to an episode or even half of an episode or find something within that content catalog that jumps out that says, yes, this makes sense because I exist in this world as well. And if I'm a guest on the show, I can make a similar impact. When you take it to that degree, you start setting up opportunities for yourself to where your appearance makes sense. And then that opens up the whole world of opportunities that we talked about before from a networking perspective and from having a quality piece of content on the internet that's going to drive people to your ecosystem. So 
start thinking about leading with value first versus just spraying and praying. And we'll start to put to bed some of these really awful pitches and presentations that we get as podcasters. Like I said, Victor, you probably can attest to this and you see a lot of this come your way on a daily and weekly basis. You know, and I totally agree with you, Jason, on that value first in everything that you do, especially if you want to be an entrepreneur. And it goes back to something you were saying earlier. People just look at things transactionally. And when you do that, it gets you into a lot of trouble. When you focus on giving value, on impacting people, which is another thing you talked about. How can I impact people? When you focus on that more, on serving people, how you can help them, that's where it makes all the difference. And you will see your business change. You will see your show change, your branch. It will continue growing when you focus on value, impacting, helping, and serving people. And I, and I think a lot of people don't focus on They just focus on what, what can it do for me? And they don't focus on exactly. what can I do for the other person? What can I do for the audience? Focus on how you can help them and, and what kind of insight can you give to them? And you're right. A lot of people don't do research. And uh, I know a lot of entrepreneurs, when they open up their business, they're trying, to, they're trying to market to the entire world, which is the worst thing you can do. You got to find your target audience. Focus on finding those people who want what you have to offer, who need what you have to offer. If you have a steakhouse, you do not advertise it to vegetarians. They will never come, no matter how good your ad is. You got to find people who love meat, who love steak. So make sure you got your message correct and make sure it's targeted to the right people. So I, I, that's what I got out of, your, out of your last answer because a lot of people don't focus on that. But focus on which shows can I impact the audience on? And and the person who you're reaching out to, they can sell. And so if you focus on that more, uh, you're going to do, you're going to get a lot more done. Don't try to be on every show. Like you said, be on the shows in which you can make the greatest lasting impact and help give a lot more value. And I, I, I just thought that was a great answer. Uh, next thing I want to ask you, Jason, is you talk about the fact that uh, download metrics are a skewed uh, vanity uh, metrics. Would, would you like to talk a little more about that? Because, you know, a lot of podcasts, they like to talk about, oh, oh, oh I got a thousand downloads last month. So please talk about that a little bit more. I would love to. This is one of the more passionate subjects that I have in my arsenal. I don't, I mean, don't get me wrong. Download and it can tell you a lot. You have to A, understand how to look at them and a better way to look at them. And B, not get so hung up on them, especially in the very beginning that you give up on your efforts. And the average, and again, the, the, I should say that the statistic behind this may have fluctuated to some degree, but the last I looked was the average podcaster publishes seven episodes before they pod fade and walk away from their show completely. A big factor in that is that people look or podcasters look at their stats and they look at those download numbers and they don't think the number is big enough. And I always question what's big enough. What, what, what are you, what are you striving for? Because I don't, I've never had someone give me an exact number because I don't think that an exact number exists, but people feel that they need to be bigger. And of course, as podcasters, we're obsessed with growth. We want to get bigger because as we grow, more opportunities present themselves for sponsorships and advertisements and bringing on more people. That, that's all well and good, but you have to do the initial foundation building first. You can't build the top of the skyscraper 
and not have a foundation and expect everything to stand up, it's going to collapse. So you have to be putting that valuable content out there at the very beginning and not even pay attention to that download metric. The advice I give and the challenge I make to any new podcaster is to not look at their statistics for the first six months. I actually had this conversation with someone when my show was a month old and they asked me, well, how many downloads do you have? I said, I have no idea. And they were blown away by that. What do you mean you don't have, you don't, you don't know how many downloads you have? I said, because that's not what I'm building here. I mean, for one, download numbers are irrelevant to me, but secondly, my show's a month old. Nothing in that statistic is going to tell me anything about my prime objectives for building my podcast. But if you get hung up on that and you just keep looking at that number and saying, why isn't it growing? Why isn't it growing? You're going to get very frustrated and podcasting, something you were probably pretty jazzed about when you launched your show, is going to start falling down the priority list. And then eventually you walk away from it. Probably when you were right next to a breakthrough. And if you're in that mindset of my numbers have to be ginormous right from the start, you won't succeed at this, period. From the guesting side, getting hung up on the number of downloads a podcast has and using, using it as a means of determining whether you should be a guest, also a terrible approach. Because a small audience doesn't mean that there isn't a few people in there that are going to be impacted by your message. So, I mean, how many customers can you possibly bring on at a certain time and give them the level of service they need to succeed? If you're bringing on thousands of people, you damn well better have a good infrastructure and a good team to support that type of growth. But for the most part, solopreneurs, entrepreneurs, they need a few new customers to truly make a difference in how they grow and scale their business. You can find those people on podcasts that have a smaller number of listeners because it's more defined. So when you say, oh, I'm only going to go on shows that have 5,000 plus downloads, why? What, are, what is that really, what are you really going to accomplish? I'm not saying that that's fine. You're speaking to a bigger audience. You may find more people just based on law of averages. However, you can't rule out the podcast that only has 500 or 200 because there are people within that audience that may resonate with your message as well. So you cost yourself opportunities when you do that. The analogy or the story I always say to anybody that's upset about their download numbers. If you had 50 people, say you get 50 downloads a week on your podcast. That's just what you have now. That can grow over time because the more listeners that find your show because you're producing quality content consistently, that's the key term, quality content consistently. The more people that find you and they start to resonate with that message, all they need to do is turn around and tell one person, you have got to listen to Victor's podcast. He's got great guests. Every Thursday when his show comes out, and I'm sorry, I don't know what day your show comes up. I'm just using that as the example. When his show comes out, I know I'm getting great content. He's having a great conversation. You need to listen to the show. Now that one person, because they got rec the recommendation from their friend is saying, okay, I'm going to check that out. One person tells one person, now you have two. Two people tell one person each, now you have four. Exponential growth. That's our math lesson for today. That's what it's all about. So I tell anybody, if you've got 50 listeners on your episode right now, what are you doing to respect that audience, to nurture that audience and keep them coming back? 
and to make the content recommendable. Because if those 50 people showed up at your house and were in your living room, would you look past them for all of the other people that are out there that haven't arrived yet? Or would you treat them like gold because they already showed up and told you they love what you're doing and they want more of it? Of course, it's the latter. So start treating your podcast that way and you won't fall into this vanity metric of saying, I have to have thousands of downloads or I'm going to go on Facebook and say, I've got 50,000 downloads. It's irrelevant in the grand scheme. If you reach that plateau as your pod, with your podcast, congratulations. It's a phenomenal accomplishment and you should be very proud of it. But it's not something to get hung up on in the very beginning. The only thing you can control is the quality of the content that you produce. And when you do that consistently, those numbers are going to fall into place naturally. And that was some incredible stuff you just shared there, Jason. And I think a lot of people do fall into that trap both in starting a podcast and in all types of uh, working in the entrepreneurial field because they are so obsessed with getting those results so quickly. And I think part of it is we live in an era of instant gratification. So they need to get whatever number of downloads in the first month or two, whether it's 100, 500, or whatever. If they don't get it, they give up. But like you said, focus on building that foundation. If you build the foundation properly and are consistent, like we talked about, uh, quality content consistency is what you said. And if you keep mm -hmm. doing that again and again throughout the months, a year or two, word is going to get out. And like you said, you could be on a small, uh, you could be talking to a small group of people, have a small audience, be on a podcast like that. People will, will find out about your product or if you're, mm -hmm. you're podcasting, you might, you might talk to someone who may not have as big an audience as someone else, but you never know something can happen there. So you just never know what can happen as a result. So I, I would recommend to the people, and I think you'll agree with me, focus on the process, on the activity, rather than on the results, especially in the beginning. Too many people focus on the results. If they don't get the results at the beginning, they tend to give up. But if you're doing things correctly, if, you, if you're following the process, you're doing the activity every day, every week, the results will, ever, will eventually come. There's a saying, you can't do the right thing consistently over a prolonged period of time and not get the results. So be patient. And when you're working as an entrepreneur, when you're trying to build a brand, it can take some time. I think a lot of times when people work in an office, you get a paycheck every week or two. If you're not getting those results immediately, like you did at work, that's when people get frustrated. You got to realize it's a totally different field idea. So I thought you shared some great stuff there. And I just want to share a story about the bamboo which is something Les Brown talks about. During the first four to five years, it's not growing. It's growing underground. But the person who's taking care of the bamboo tree is watering it and nurturing it. But you don't see any results. But then in the fifth year, it grows 90 feet. Now, did it grow 90 feet in the span of a month or two? No, it took five years. But the person who was nurturing was taking care of it consistently over a prolonged period of time. And then the person got the big result. And in the span of a month or two, it grew 90 feet. So the same thing can happen in your business as well. It can happen if you're uh, creating a podcast show. So you need to be patient. And, and again, focus on delivering value as you talked about. And I'll share a story about one of my mentors, Jack Canfield. Uh, some of you may know he's the co-creator of the Chicken Soup for the Soul book series. Uh, back in the 90s, he was uh, not someone that was well-known. He and his partner, Mark Victor Hansen, came up with this book, Check Soup for the Soul. They did something called The Rule of Five. They would do five little things consistently every single day. 
And they would go on any show to be interviewed. Like I said, even if it was a small town with 500 people, they just wanted to get the word because they just never know. They never knew who might tell their friends. So whoever wanted to interview them, if they wanted to do it, they would go on their show because they wanted to get the word out about the book. That book wound up being the third best-selling book of the 1990s decade. And the whole book series, as a result, has sold over half a billion books worldwide. Many uh, parts of China use Chicken Soup for the Soul to teach people how to read English. So because they focus on being consistent, getting the quantity and doing the five other things every single day, they didn't care how big the show was, how small the show was. Anyone that wanted to interview them, they were willing to do it and because they wanted to get the word because you just, they knew, it, you never know where it may take you. So and that what you said made me think about that. Don't let your ego get in the way. Focus on the process and the activity. So I, I just want to say what you shared, it was really golden. Now, as we're coming toward the end of our show, you've shared a lot of great wisdom, Jason. Are there any last minute pieces of, of advice you'd like to share with our audience? Absolutely. I think that anybody that's looking to pursue podcasting as a content strategy or as a brand building initiative should absolutely do it because there is so much value that can be obtained by doing this, but you want to make sure that you're doing it properly. You want to make sure that you are rooted in value and you're not treating your podcasting, whether you're doing your own show or you're making a guest appearance, you don't want to treat it as a transaction you want to treat it as a genuine opportunity to build relationships with the host and with anybody else that's involved in that podcast, who you might speak to, whether it's their assistants or producers and with the audience. So you have to understand that it takes the right mindset to grow in this space. And then to go back to what I was saying before about the the downloads and the vanity metrics, I mean, it's validation, right? We, we all want validation and that's where I think a lot of the hangups come from the, the, the people that produce shows and walk away too soon because that validation doesn't come quick enough. But anything that's, that's worth building is going to take time. It doesn't come overnight. It comes from the consistency that you're willing to put into it. So if you want to attack this medium, be sure you're willing to commit yourself to it and that you're willing to put in the practice swings that it's going to take to get good at it. And that will take a little bit of time. And there are ways that you can do this in a way that will make it stand out in a faster fashion, but you can't discount the reps that you need to put in. And if you'd like to know more about that, I'm willing to have a conversation with anybody that wants to know what it takes to make this work. But focus on your consistency and focus on your quality, whether you're a guest or a host. And you're going to go far in the space. Treat it like a transaction, and it's going to go no further than that. No, absolutely. You need to have the right mindset. And great reminder, great things take time. Anything that's worth building can take a long time. A baby takes nine months to develop. If you're farming, you, you, you plant, you, you cultivate. It takes a number of months, and then you harvest. You don't plant and harvest. And take those right. practice swings, keep working, take as many reps as possible and great things will happen. And like, and as you mentioned before, very often people give up right before they're going to have that breakthrough. Or as Napoleon Hill said, they give up three feet from the goal. So don't give up. Yep. Don't give up three feet from the goal. Very often your breakthrough is right around the corner. If you persevere, 
and do things properly, you will get that success. And I want to thank you so much, Jason, for being on this show. You dropped a lot of great wisdom and value. I know the audience is getting, is getting a lot of out, out of this. They really enjoyed all the wonderful stuff you shared. And before I let you go, Jason, if people want to get in touch with you, what is the best way for them to contact you? Victor, thanks a lot for having me. It has been a great time conversing with you and, and having this great opportunity to connect with your audience. Anybody that would like to connect with me can visit jasoncircone.com slash visiting Victor. And when you land on that page, there's going to be two things that you can take advantage of. Uh, you can choose which one is best for you, but I can I recommend taking advantage of both. You can opt in for access to a free masterclass that I put together called Five Things that people fail to do before becoming a podcast guest. And there's also going to be a link for a short quiz that will let you know if podcast guesting is right for you. And the reason why I lead with podcast guesting, as I said, is you can learn a lot about this entire platform by being a guest and it can help you make a determination on whether having a podcast of your own is right for your brand. And if you ever do get to that point where you feel, yes, I'm, start, I'm ready to start my own podcast, one of the best ways you can grow your audience is to be a podcast guest. So I start with that first, and then we develop from there. So jasoncircone.com slash visiting Victor, and I'm looking forward to connecting with you today. Awesome. So go to his website, jasoncircone.com slash visiting Victor. You get a free masterclass and a quiz on where podcast guesting is right for you. Again, thanks so much, Jason, for being on the show. Really appreciate it. I really appreciate having you on. And thanks for all the wisdom you shared. And have yourself an amazing day, Jason. Thank you, Victor. You do the same. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. If you've enjoyed listening, please smash that subscribe button so you don't miss any of our amazing episodes. Please also leave a five-star rating review and have an awesome day.